1: Mr. District Attorney was a popular radio crime drama, and the series focused on a crusading D.A., initially known only as Mr. District Attorney. Uh, Created, written, and directed by former law student Ed Byron, the series was inspired by the early years of New York Governor Thomas E. Dewey. It was Dewey's public war against racketeering, which led to his election as governor. Byron lent an air of accuracy and immediacy to his scripts, Through close study of crime stats, a library of criminology texts followed by the newspapers, and even going around rough bars to gain tips, background, and color from crooks and police alike. His technique sometimes enabled Byron to predict major crime waves even before the news broke. Here's the episode entitled, I Hate Killers.
0: Mr. District Attorney, starring David Bryan. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
2: And it shall be my duty as District Attorney. Not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. This is David Bryan. In a moment we'll bring you another case from the files of Mr. District Attorney.
0: And now, here is our star, David Bryan, as Paul Garrett, Mr. District Attorney.
3: As
2: District Attorney for this county, it's my job to prevent crimes as well as solve them. But sometimes you can't prevent them. Sometimes you can only pick up the trail after the violence has begun. In this case, it began 18 hours before the first police report reached my office. All right, stop the car. Stop the car, I said. Ellie, put that gun away. Ellie Shut up, grandpa. Come on, pull up right here. Ellie, don't be stupid. Take the gag out of his mouth. Give the man a chance. You can't. Why? Would he give us a chance? Look at him. Look at his eyes bug out. He thought he knew all about us. Well, here's something he didn't know. Ellis, you can't kill a man in cold blood. No. Watch it. See, Grandpa? See how easy it is? I knew you were a cheap little no-good punk, Ellis, but I didn't think that you were a murderer. Come on, come on. Let's dump him out of here. Here, I got his wallet. One thing I hate, Ellis, is a killer. I hate killers. Now look, Grandpa, you're in this up to your lower plate. Now come on, give me a hand. Grab his ankles. Come on, come on, will at? Okay. Swing his feet up. I'll dump him right here. These high weeds. You uh, you think the
4: law won't find him here?
2: Sure, they'll find him. But let them try to find us. Come on, shove. <laughs> There. Pleasant dreams, Mr. Hicks. Okay, shove over, grandpa. I'll drive back. I hate killers, Ellie. I hate killers. easy to hate when it's your job to study their handiwork and track them down. Harrington and I picked up the tracks on this case in the county morgue. 22 years service in this place still gives me the willies. You too, Chief? Sure does. This one, Harrington? Uh, Next one. Let's take a look. Three shots at close range. Like maybe he was looking right down the muzzle of the gun. Somebody else's gun. Is he a John Doe? Yeah, he was until an hour ago. His wife identified him. His name is Hicks. Alfred Hicks. He's an insurance investigator. Uh, he was, I mean. Oh, what company? Globe, I think. Yeah, that's what Lieutenant Padway said. Globe Casualty Company. I asked Miss Miller to call him and find out what claims Hicks was working on. Oh, good. Where was the body found? in a vacant lot behind a motel way out on South Street. No identification on him at all. His wife called the cops when he didn't come home last night. Padway and Homicide brought it her down here for a look, and uh, that's what she saw. Harrington, go on over to Homicide and find out what Lieutenant Padway's learned from Mrs. Hicks. I'll call the office and see if Miss Miller's learned anything from the insurance company.
3: Okay, Chief.
2: We'll see you later you mind if I use this phone? Thanks. District Attorney's Office. Hello, Miss Miller. Oh,
5: Mr. Garrett, we've been waiting to hear from you. I've just been talking to the Chief
2: Investigator at Globe Casualty. Well, what did you learn? Well, he said Alfred Hicks
1: had been assigned to a stolen car claim. A big stolen car claim, incidentally.
2: Oh? How big? An auto carrier loaded with four new sedans was hijacked about 14 miles from the factory. Do we have a report on that? We do now. It's on your desk. Fine. Mr. Hicks had been checking the ads for any slightly used cars that might be for sale. His last call had been at the Sleep Easy Motel on South Street. Well, that was his last call, all right. He was seeing a private party named Thompson. Did you call the motel?
4: Yes, sir. There was a Mr. and a Mrs. Thompson. They checked out
2: about seven last night. Mm, That figures. Look, if Harrington calls in before I get back to the office, send him over to the Sleep Easy Motel. Yes, sir. Tell him to get a description of the Thompsons and any leads on where they might be. I'll see you in about 20 minutes. Dear. I know, I know. What's up? Hello, just left the woodside. Three sedans and a convertible. How long ago? About twenty minutes. Ellie, I wish you'd forget about this one. It's it's too soon after the last job. Look, Arma, will you forget it? I know what I'm doing. But you
6: promised me faithfully that there wouldn't be any more. I'll else. see you tonight.
2: Now, oh, what are you looking at, Grandpa? The loving young husband hangs up on his wife. Why don't you mind your own business, huh? Irma is my business. She's my granddaughter. And my wife. And if I'd had my say about her marrying you, You didn't your... have any say. You were doing time, remember? Yeah, I was doing time, all right. But I'd done my time. And anyway, I was up on a good, honest forgery rap, not murder. Shut up. Bad enough. Irma's married to a car thief. How'd she like it if she knows you were a killer, too? Shut up, I said. Easy, sonny, easy. I ain't afraid of that gun of yours. I already messed up my life. I ain't got much left to lose, except uh, maybe Irma. Listen, Grandpa. A truck left the plant 20 minutes ago for Woodside. We got about an hour and a half to meet it. Let's get going. Not me, sonny. What do you mean, not you? told you before, Ellie, that gun don't scare me. I got nothing left to lose. Except Irma. Yeah, except... You know, Annie, I really believe you'd do it to her, too. I really believe it. You coming with me or not? Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming. You want this last bench, pink slips? Yeah. And run them off yourself. We got enough time? The truck should be here. You make the decision, Sonny. It's your deal, all of it. You print the slips. You make the phony license plates. You plan the hijacking. You do the killing. Okay, this is the spot. The auto carrier is just coming over that hill. Think you can drive this truck, Grandpa? I drove it last time, didn't I? Yeah, but I paid a lot of loot for this wagon, and it's helped me get a lot more. I'm sentimental about it. <laughs> I didn't think you could be sentimental about anything. Here comes our sucker. Yeah, yeah. These things always happen after the sun goes down, it seems. It's a rear axle. Uh, take a look here. Man. Looks all right to me. Maybe it's just a... Hey! Okay, Grandpa, you drive this one. I'll drive his. What are you going to do with that driver, Ellie? Don't worry, I'll take care of him. Get going. Go on, Grandpa, move, will you? check-in yet? Yes, sir. I'm typing up his report now. He's in your office. Good. Uh, hi, Chief. Hi. How did you make out, Arrington? Well, I got kind of a vague description of the Thompsons, if that's what their name is. I gave it to Miss Miller. The guy is young, early 20s, curly hair, nervous, smokes a lot. Girl at the same age, about. Has one of them new style haircuts all over her head, you know. Reddish hair. Kind of pretty from what the motel guy said. but you know how motel guys are. Aren't vague, all right. Uh, one thing he said, though. He said there was an old guy with the Thompsons. Uh, seemed to be a relative, like a grandfather or something. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes?
5: Did you order the morning papers, Mr. Gaff?
2: Oh, yes. Will you bring them in, Miss Miller?
5: All of them?
2: Yes, please. All of them. Why, the papers, Chief. You cleaning out bird cages or something? You and I are going to check the one ads. One ads? Another auto carrier was hijacked last night. No kidding. That makes two. Yeah, two. From the same assembly plant. Four brand new cars on it. Two hijackings. Two murders. Two murders? The driver of the auto carrier. He was found on the highway last night. Harrington, you and I are going to check the ads for slightly used automobiles. Just the way that insurance investigated it. Only... He ended up in the morgue. Here are the
5: papers, Mr. Garrett.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, Harrington, I wonder where we'll end up.
0: David Bryan, starring as Paul Garrett, Mr. District Attorney.
2: Two auto carriers had been hijacked, eight brand new cars had been stolen, and two men had been murdered in cold blood. For three days, Harrington and I and other members of my staff tracked down every lead, including the ads for slightly used cars. No luck. Three days. Four days. Five days. Somewhere in this teeming city, our killer was still free. Free to kill again.
1: Ellie, I wish you'd stop that pacing.
2: Ellie, please. Your wife's talking to you, Sunny. I heard her.
4: Ellie, will you stop?
2: Stop what? Stop this, stop that, stop the car deal, stop the phony licenses. Stop living, why don't you tell me? Now, there's an interesting idea. You shut up, I've taken enough from you. Ellie! Oh. Ellie, what's wrong with you? Oh, you know, Irma. This is a big job. We still got two cars left over from the last job. And so far, all week, we only got one call about our ad. An old maid school teacher didn't even have her driver's license yet. I knew you shouldn't have pulled this job. I didn't even know about the first one till after it was done. There's lots you don't know, honey. Shut up, Grandpa. Ellie, you promised me there wouldn't be any more. I only helped on this one because you promised oh, me you'd stop, would you? No. No, I won't forget it. You won't let me. I won't let you. No. You, you're so tense and, and nervous. What do you expect? Hot cars stashed away all over town and us holed up in this flea bag motel waiting for one ads to pay off. Maybe we should have stayed at a sleep easy. Lots of action there. It's more than that, Ellie. It's the way you talk, the way you look. You look so cold and hard, like... Well, like a...
5: A real... Like
2: a real what? Go on, say it. Like a real crook, she means. Or even a killer. I told you to keep your big mouth shut. stop it! I've taken all from this old man is going to give.
5: Ellie, put down that gun! Ellie!
1: That gun, where'd
2: you get it? Give Just see that this grandfather of yours doesn't allow us up this whole deal. I don't trust him. Yeah? Uh, hi. You the party runner of the yard for the slightly used car? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, i the party. I, oh, uh, uh, that your missus in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the car is out here. Uh, my name's Harris, Joe Harris, Mr. Uh... Johnson. Uh, that's Mrs. Johnson. How do you do? I am Mrs. Johnson. And this gentleman? Uh, uh, Mr. McCabe, my wife's grandfather. Howdy. Yeah, glad to know you, Mr. McCabe. McCabe, eh? Oh, Mr. McCabe isn't feeling so good. Uh, my wife has to take care of him. Oh, that a fact. Well, I have a little foot trouble myself, right? Yeah, well, the, uh, the car's right over here. Oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Practically brand new. Hasn't even been all broken in yet. Just a few hundred miles on it. See? Yep. That's what this phenomenon says, all right. Hey, these tires are in good shape, too, ain't they? I told you. Not even broken in yet. Uh, why are you selling it, Mr. Johnson? Hmm? Oh, you know, I uh, I bit off more than I can chew. I need the cash. Sometimes a guy gets in over his head. Yeah, sometimes they do. Uh, you mind if I look under the hood? Go to it. Say hey, that motor is clean, all right, real clean, almost like it wasn't even used. I told you. If it was any newer, you'd have to pay new car prices. Best one I've seen today. How much? Two thousand flat. Eighteen hundred. I'm interested. Two thousand. Take a ride in it, and you'll see why. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll go home and get the missus. Then we'll let her drive it. If she likes it, I'll go get the two grand. Okay. Uh. Well, you know, a car like this won't last long, and that ad brings in a lot of calls. Okay. I'll give you a deposit to hold it for an hour or so. Twenty-five. All right. Well, uh, no longer than an hour. It's all the cash I got on me. Uh. Mind giving me a receipt?
5: Hmm?
2: Oh, no, not at all. Uh, Here, this envelope is good enough. It's only for an hour. Okay. Hey, huh? Now, you won't be more than an hour, will you? Oh, don't worry. I don't want to lose a deal like this. I'll get the wipe and see you before an hour, maybe. This your car? Yeah. I'll sure be glad to get rid of this clunk. See ya. Mr. Miller. Chief there? Yes, he
4: is. Just a moment.
2: Hello, Harrigan. Uh, take this motor number down, Chief, before I forget it. Okay. 356P7338. Three, three, you got it? Got it. Why do I check it on the motor numbers of the stolen cars? How about a raise and pay? It matches. 356P733. Three, three. It matches, all right. Where did you find it? Thompson's name is Johnson now. Young fellow in his early 20s, curly hair. Has a pretty wife with him, reddish hair. And an old geezer supposed to be a grandfather. Where are they, you? The Stateside Motel on Highway 99 near Academy Street. I gave him 25 bucks in mark bills to hold the car for an hour. All right, we'll be down there in about 25 minutes. I'll get Lieutenant Padway and some men. You keep your eye on the place and see if they don't check out all of a sudden. That's the Stateside Motel near Highway 99 near Academy Street, right? Right, Chief. They're in cabin number three, and tell Padway not to use the sirens. Okay. Good luck. Did you hear all that, Miss Miller? Yes, sir. I'll call Homicide. Tell Padway I'll meet him in front of the building. Yes, sir.
5: Come on. Come on.
2: Finally hooked the sucker Hey Hey Where's the old man? He Said he was hungry I told you to watch him I told you For Pete's sake, Ellie Grandpa just went to get us Some sandwiches When? When? Why well, you were talking To that man And let go of my arm Why did you let him go? I told you not to let him go I told you to watch him Ellie, stop
5: it Let me go
1: You know what I think? I think you're going crazy I think you're going right out of your head.
6: Why should you be so scared of Grandpa? What did he ever do for you to be scared of?
2: Why should you be so scared of everybody and, and everything? Why, Ellie? Why should you be so... Both of you. You and that old man. You're trying to turn me in so you can take me... Those... That's why you let the old guy go, so he can call the cops. Get away from the door. No! Get away from the door. I'm not so now.
5: Ellie. What is it? Get
2: away from the door, I said.
5: You are a killer, aren't you? My grandpa
2: said you're a real killer. Only I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it could be that rotten and crazy... <laughs> Hiya, Mr. Johnson. Guess I got back a little early, huh? Ah. Uh, yeah, 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 Harris, uh, you said about uh, an hour. Well, I figured it this way. On the way home I said to myself, why don't I buy the car and surprise the little woman? That'll keep her happy and me happy and What are you staring at? That, that police car out there. Police car? Oh, that's probably just it's a... two of them. They...
5: Is a killer mister is on. You?
2: Get in here. Get in face. That won't help you, buster. Get in. I said. You're right, ain't ya? Ain't you? What'd you expect, dancing girls? <laughs> See? I brought some friends. All right, Johnson, or whatever your name is, open up.
3: Watch your Chief. He's going to shoot.
2: That won't help you one bit, chum. We've got more men, more guns, and more patience than you have. I give up, Ellie. Please.
5: Please give up. Please. Go not and shoot, coppers. I got my wife and one of your men in here with me. If I get it, they get it.
2: Now well, we just wait and see. It's no use, Sally.
5: Give up. Please.
2: All right, you two. Get over there. Away from the window. Go on. Over against that wall. Both of you. Okay, now stay there. If you try to separate, I'll kill you.
3: Hey, Johnson! How do we know our man hasn't gotten it already? Not a word from either one of you. Not a word.
2: Prove he's alive, Johnson, or he'll blow that cabin sky high! We mean it, Johnson!
1: Ellie, let him talk. Let him say something.
2: Okay, Copper. Tell those boy scouts you're still alive.
3: It's alright, Chief. I'm right here and so is his wife. But you better do like he says, Chief, because he's armed and he's dangerous. Alright, alright, that's
5: enough. <laughs> Hey, what the... What are you... Uh, uh, you uh, hey, 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 hey,
2: thanks for, uh, the, for the chance. Right now. Hey, hey, let go. Let go. Drop it. Drop it. it. Oh. Oh. That's a good boy. Oh, come on, killer. Your wife will open the door and you'll walk through it. Son of you've got, copper. They know you're in here, but they shoot anyway. Sure. How oh, do you think they wanted to hear me talk? I could tell where I was so they could shoot where I wasn't. Just enough to get you off guard. You all right, Harrington? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay, Chief. Here's our gun happy friend. What? What are you gonna do with him? Well, let the courts decide that. You're his wife? Yes. I imagine you're involved in all this, too. Yes. Yes, I am. I hope you'll be willing to tell us about it. She don't have to tell you a thing. She's my wife. She can't testify against me. No, but I sure can, Ellie. I can tell plenty. That's the grandfather, Chief. I can tell you gentlemen all you want to know about this cheap two-bit murdering little punk. He's in this, too. He's in it up to his dirty old neck. I told you a hundred times, Sonny. I got nothing left to lose. I'd like to do one decent service to the world while I still got the chance.
5: Grandpa, no.
2: No. Sorry, Irma, honey. But putting Ellis away is it. I hate killers. (laughs)
0: Mr. District Attorney, David Bryan, with a word about the program you have just heard.
2: Perhaps you read about it in your newspapers. The young man we call Ellis was tried and convicted of first-degree murder, three counts. His wife, Irma, and her grandfather, Harold McCabe, are now serving sentences for grand theft. Now, this is David Bryan inviting you to join us when we present our next case based on the facts of crime from the files of Mr. District Attorney.
1: Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Duffy's Tavern often featured celebrity guest stars, but always hooked them around the misadventures of Archie, portrayed by Ed Gardner, the writer-actor who co-created the series. Time now to check into Duffy's Tavern and see what's cooking.
3: We take you now to Duffy's Tavern.
7: Hello, Duffy Stavon, What do you eat Meet Eat Archie, the manager, speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Tonight? Well, uh, tell me, who is your favorite movie tough guy? Well, next to William S. Hart. <laughs> No, no, the guy uh, uh, coming tonight is John Garfield. Yeah, Warner Brothers paroled him for tonight. <laughs> well, I got an idea from Duffy. Well, you see, our competitor, uh, Grogan's Bar, across the street, has been taking away a lot of our business on account kind of he's got a floor show there with a lot of chorus girls. Well, what have we got to equal 12 dames? Your fat wife, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Duffy. Somehow or other, 12 dames is more attractive separate than when they're lumped together.
5: <laughs>
7: well, anyways, my idea is to start a repertory company, see? Repertory. Where the show changes every week and the cast rotates.
5: <laughs>
7: no, not like Grogan's dames. No. <clears throat> this, uh, this will be real, legitimate theater, uh, well, we ought to do a terrific business. Uh, Eddie's been out all day passing out circulars and... Huh? What play are we going to start off with uh, yet? Well, no, not Oklahoma. No, not the vice of the title. No, not life with father. It's a play that I wrote. Now, look, operator, you mind your own business. Everybody's <laughs> a critic. I'll call you back, Duffy.
3: So come in and meet Finnegan, Eddie the Waiter, Miss Duffy, Sir Heathcliff Batterswick, Matty Malnick and his orchestra, our special guest tonight, John Garfield, and Archie himself, Ed Gardner.
4: Uh, Archie.
7: Wait a minute. Are you back already, Eddie? What did you do? Throw them circulars down the sewer?
4: Only the ones we got customers working in.
5: <laughs> oh.
7: Well, uh, did you leave a batch down at Chimobocker's Bakery? Yes, sir. And they promised to put a circular in every box. One in every box. Yeah, that's a nice thing for the bakery to do. Yeah. Mr. Cavendish, the undertaker, offered us the same deal.
5: <laughs>
7: well, that's well. Good old Cavendish. Although I doubt any of his customers would be interested in my play. I
4: don't know. They seem to act just like your usual audience. <laughs> By the way, did you see that big sign Grogan's bar put up?
7: Uh, what did it say?
4: Tonight, new burlesque policy Opening of season Peaches Latour, guest of honor Will throw out the first bump <laughs> And uh, boys, the crowd flocking in
7: Well, wait until my repertory company opens I'll prove to Mr. Grogan That a floor show can rake it in Without having to take it off
4: Well, that burlesque is pretty popular
7: Oh, I don't know. Do I remember? I found me first burlesque show pretty dull. He ain't changed my opinion after 15 years of steadily watching them.
5: <laughs>
7: so leave
3: Grogan do what he wants. How he runs his business don't interest me. Uh, hi, Art. Yeah? I've just been over spying on Grogan's like you told me. Oh, yeah. Huh, Finnegan?
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, well, uh, Was there much of a crowd over there? I couldn't see. There was too many people in the way.
5: Mm -hmm.
7: Well, never mind the crowd. Uh, Tell me, how was the show? Oh, pretty
3: good. But it didn't have enough variety. What do you mean? Well, they had five striptease acts. There was five striptease acts, and every one of them was a game. Well, that's probably on
7: account of the manpower shortage. Uh, (laughs) Uh, how about the, uh, the costumes, the dame's costumes? Was they any good? Oh, uh, there was nothing to them.
3: <laughs> oh, I felt so sorry for them poor girls. I was—I was one of them. One of them was so cold, she just stood there in the middle of the floor and shivered all over.
5: <laughs>
7: well, I think it's a horrible thing. It's a disgrace. The whole show ought to be pinched.
3: Some of the customers were sure trying. Huh? <laughs>
7: well, wait till our repertory company open, opens. Mr. Grogan is going to discover that the public values quality above nudity. Yes. Find out, uh, find out that we have a better mouse trap right here in Duffy's Tavern.
6: Hello, Archie, my sweet.
7: My sweet? Why so confectionary, Miss Duffy?
6: Oh, nothing. Uh say, Archie, can you use an actress in your repertory company? An actress? Who? Me.
7: Mm, uh, Let me look at you. Turn around. Uh huh. I want to see your profile. Uh huh. Now walk a few steps. I guess in a pinch you could play a dame. (laughs) Uh. Well, By the way, what's with you? Today you want to be an actress. Last week you wanted to get married. Uh, What happened to the amour? Was yours?
6: If you were referring to my affair with Harold Harkle Road It's all over It's finny Poop Poop, huh? Yes It's simply another case of love's flame dying down And leaving just an ember
7: An ember, huh? You know, with you, it seems to be forever ember (laughs) What happened? Uh, You was crazy about the guy
6: Oh, I don't know Little personality traits that has got on my nerves
7: Little personality traits, huh?
6: Yeah Somehow I just can't see myself going through life With a man who keeps refusing to marry me
7: <laughs> Little personality traits Sure. Yeah, well, that ain't unreasonable But I thought Harold wanted to marry you
6: So did I, and so did Papa, and so did Mama That dopey Harold, he had to be different <laughs>
7: Oh, so you're back in circulation again, huh? Maybe, uh, maybe you're being a little too choosy.
6: That's not true. I ask for very little. All I want is a man who'll look up to me and think I'm attractive.
7: Well, I'll see if I can find you crazy midget. <laughs> now, look, Miss Duffy, if you'll excuse me, I gotta get me play ready now. John Garfield will be here soon.
6: John Garfield? Is he coming here tonight? Yeah. Oh, Oh, uh, well, I'll uh, see you
7: later. She's going to get her play ready. (laughs) Brother, what a ding.
5: Hello, Archie.
7: What's up? Oh, hello, Sir Heathcliff. Uh, Well, I'm putting on a play tonight. A play? Hmm. As the man
4: said when he saw the three oil gushers, well, well, well. (laughs) Archie, may I put my dramatic
7: talent at your disposal? Thank you. I'll be glad to dispose of it. (laughs) In other words, uh, Heathcliff, I cheerfully reject your offer. I can't understand you,
4: Archie. As Betty Grable said to her garter, you should snap at this.
5: (laughs) Now look,
7: Heathcliff, there's no part for you tonight. This play of mine is a Mexican play. It takes place in a waterfront dive.
4: A Mexican play? By Jove, I can play a native.
7: You, a native?
4: Yes, with dialect, of course. Thus, hello, Jose. I say, let's have a blooming tortilla.
7: (laughs) Now, uh, look, Mexicali Rose, (laughs) the answer is no. Very well, if you want to turn
4: down a man who was the greatest hamlet in history. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him. Now please,
7: Heathcliff, not that.
3: Let him go on, Archie. It's a beautiful speech. Alas, poor Yorick.
7: I knew him. You know him too. There are more New Yorks around
5: here. (laughs)
7: Ice darts will no doubt have a big crowd. Uh, what have we got to feed them?
4: Oh, all we got left is hash.
7: Hash? Holy cat.
4: Well, not holy cat. There's some beef in it.
5: <laughs> now,
7: Eddie, that's the kind of stuff that's going to give Duffy's Tavern a bad name.
8: Pardon me, but Is this Duffy's Tavern? What does it look like? Like Duffy's Tavern?
7: That's a nasty thing to say. Hey, wait a minute. It's
8: John Garfield.
7: Well, welcome, Mr. Garfield, and may I uh, sincerely ask you that it is a great humbridge to distinguish this place with
8: an actor of your ilk and posterity. Holy smoke, this is something I've never seen before. What? A guy bumping off a language. <laughs> Now, wait a second, Garfield. You have
7: already insulted both me and the joint, and you ain't been here for more than 30 seconds. What's the record? (laughs) I see this man has a biting tongue. If he ain't careful, I'm gonna bite it. (laughs) Now, look, John, uh, leave us have a
8: little more noblesse oblige. Uh, After all,
7: this place ain't no ordinary
8: dump. Well, I can see it ain't no ordinary dump. That's right. It's the first one I've ever seen where the rubbish gets up and walks around.
7: (laughs) John, they're my customers.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and,
7: uh, incidentally, among them is a lot of guys in your own field. Actors? No, convicts. What we're going to insults, I can with a scissor or myself. <laughs> but, uh, what do we want to fight for? Come on, uh, sit ye down and, uh, have a bite to eat. Eat?
8: Yeah? Say, that might be the answer.
5: <laughs> now, look...
8: Look, well, Carfield, you ain't gonna start that
7: stuff again. I'm sorry, Archie. Certainly, we shouldn't start insulting each other. We, we should be friends. After all, you and me are so much alike. Now you're starting it. No,
5: I, <laughs>
7: I mean it, John. you you got a lot of my qualities. A lot of the things I got. What? Well, your rugged good looks. Your 7 make manner, your, your sophisticated charm. Well, how about my New York accent? Well, you've got to remember that I was raised careful.
5: <laughs>
7: but, aside to that, we're like
8: alike as two bricks in a hut.
6: John Garfield! John Garfield!
8: Well, what a pretty speech. And who, pray tell, fair lady, are you? Hmm, suddenly he's so polite. This must be John Zodder Garfield.
5: <laughs>
7: oh, permit me, Mr. Garfield, this is Miss Duffy. Oh, uh, how do you do?
6: Likewise, I'm sure. Oh, Mr. Garfield, the thrill you've given me. I haven't got a spine that you haven't tingled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Garfield, you're absolutely wonderful. Well,
8: this girl makes sense. Go ahead, sugar. Did you see me in Destination Tokyo? Great, huh?
6: Destination Tokyo? Uh, wasn't Carrie Grant in that?
8: Carrie Grant? Yeah. C- oh, it's hard to remember every guy in a picture. <laughs> Anyways, um, how'd you like me playing a sailor?
6: Oh, you were wonderful I remember how you stood beside Cary Grant in the submarine oh, Carrie looked so big and strong and handsome <laughs> Yes, I'll never forget how his beautiful eyelashes quivered When he turned his wonderful profile and he gave you an order You were wonderful
7: I didn't see the picture myself, but you sound great,
6: thanks Oh, this is such a thrill meeting you, Mr. Garfield It's almost too exciting The the blood just rushes to my head The
8: blood rushes to your head, huh? Yes What's the attraction?
6: Oh, you're so cute Archie, couldn't you just eat him up?
7: No, thanks. I just had a big supper. (laughs) Uh, Miss Duffy, you better get back to the cash register. The loose change needs tightening.
6: That, Archie. Well, I'll uh, see you later, Mr. Garfield, in the play.
8: Play? Archie, what
7: play is she talking about? Well, it seems there's a play we're putting on here tonight. Who wrote it? Uh, Certain very brilliant and talented young chap. Mm. Uh, You, huh? You notice the resemblance
5: <laughs>
7: Yes, John Among the other talents I also number the art Of drama surgery I've heard about your plays uh, Do you write the way you talk? Even better <laughs> This latest play is really great It's life in the Roar. Uh, hi, buddy You
3: John Garfield Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Take that, you rat
5: <laughs>
3: Finnegan
7: Watch your Please, watch your language. Mr. Garfield ain't really a mug.
3: Uh, I know what, I know. Oh, it's only kidding. After all, I'm a man of the world. Yeah? Which one? got <laughs> oh, up, boy, Johnny. Get me back with uh, this. No fooling. I'd love to be in one of them gangster pictures shooting off them machine guns. Ah, 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 ah. Boom, 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 boom. The boy what fun.
5: Nah, oh. no, not
8: so much fun. Those machine guns are murder. Even if buying them in pictures is enough. That's
3: well, enough to make you wince. Mr. Garfield, I don't know the meaning of the word wince. Brave guy, huh? No, I just don't know the meaning of the word.
7: <laughs> Please, uh... <laughs> us change the conversation to a subject.
5: <clears throat> now...
8: About this place tonight, uh, this circular here explains everything Yeah, well, let me see Tonight, world premiere of Duffy's Repertory Theater That theater Not when it's spelled with a Y <laughs> Let's see, tonight's special attraction will be the famous movie actor Mr. John Hey, where did you get the effrontery? I copied it off a poster <laughs> Yep, this will be a great break for you, John Now look,
7: you barroom Belasco Just a second <clears throat> Hello? Hello, Duffy Uh, well, wait a minute, I'll see Uh, Eddie, uh, how many customers is here? Uh, Let's see, there's one, two, three um,
5: uh, three Hello? 64 (laughs)
7: Huh? Okay, we'll start the play right away Here, John, now here's the play Look over your part while I round up the rest of the cast I'll be right back Now, wait a minute Now, don't worry, you'll be great I'll be right with you
8: Mm, let's see A drama on the waterfront entitled Fish and Fantasy That... That jerk. (laughs) Yeah, I got an idea who you mean, Mr. Garfield, but don't get upset. Where does that Archie get his gall?
4: Oh, Mr. Archie ain't bad. He got nerve and brass and gall and, yep. Well, the answer is, you're going to act in his play.
5: Mm I love
8: it.
4: Did you read it, Eddie? Uh Uh-huh. How is it? Well, I'll tell you. It's the funny thing about Mr. Archie's plays. They look pretty bad at first, but when you get halfway through them, you realize they're worse than you thought.
5: (laughs) Then if
4: you grit your teeth and keep going when you come to the last line, brother, what a grand
8: and glorious feeling. (laughs) How do I get into these things? I think Warner Brothers must have made me stir crazy.
7: Good look.
4: Well, actually, there's only two now Mr. Callahan's just passed out
7: <laughs> Hello, Duffy Huh? Uh, 123 people <clears throat> Yeah, hey, guys, fellas Whoop it up a bit like a mob okay. huh? uh, Finnegan, hit the register yeah.
4: More champagne now, Lady
7: Mender, what are you doing here? Happy New Year You
5: hear that, Duffy?
7: Great, huh? I told you Okay, we're starting to play that's enough, Finnegan.
3: Boy, what a business I was doing.
7: <laughs> well, now you've done enough business. You can retire. <clears throat> okay? Now, leave us not to play. Trumpets, please. Thank you. Finnegan, will you stop
5: us? <laughs>
7: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we present Fish and Fantasy, wrote by my esteemed self and starring John Garfield. <laughs> Seen a shabby waterfront dive In a little town on the coast of Mexico Here fishermen come Who sit around drinking their fiery the coca
5: <laughs>
7: And through the place Comes the scent of the trade winds Filling the air with the feeling of mystery, Passion Murder Evil And the constant smell of fish <laughs> But now Leave us, meet our characters. I'm the piano player. Fingers, they call me. Once, I was a famous concerto. (laughs) But now, I sit here and play the piano for a few paltry peons a week.
5: (laughs) Yes, I
7: just sit here and play and watch men come and go with their foibles and picadillos and Whatever other fish they of course.
6: <laughs> I am Fandango, the gorgeous hostess. I'm beautiful with lips like ripe red pomegranate, and raven hair and flashing eyes like two black jelly beans. <laughs> Men love me madly. They beg for my love. But I just smile and say...
8: I see, senor. <laughs> I am Pierre, a prosperous Mexican fisherman. I loves the girl Fandango. She are the sweetheart out of I who love him madly. She know? Hey, Archie. Yeah. Display, she stink.
5: <laughs>
8: stink to the <this> scrape.
5: <laughs>
6: Hello,
7: fingers. Oh, Hiya, Fandango. Match. Catch.
6: Oh miss.
7: Butterfingers Uh, what's the matter? You, uh, act nervous, Fandango What's on your mind?
6: I don't know I'm thinking of America You know, fingers I'm beginning to miss the day
7: Well, yeah, funny With me, it's the cities
5: <laughs> Oh well
7: When you're a guy like me You learn to philosophize.
6: Say, fingers Tell me something Yeah you sit there at the piano all day and all night. What do you think about?
7: I often wonder.
6: <laughs>
7: yes, Fandango, there's a comfort in philosophy.
6: Where do you come from, Fingers? Who are you? Please,
7: Fandango, I'd rather you didn't ask that. It's best to bury sleeping dogs.
6: <laughs> Tell me, Fingers, it'll be our secret.
7: Well, sir, <clears throat> once I gave concerts all over the world. Vienna. Budapest.
5: <laughs> Sitting
7: at me Steinway. in me black tie and white tails. <laughs> me nickname in them days was Harvey the Rabbit.
5: <laughs> I
7: remember them places. The places ringing with clapton. Paris. Moscow.
6: Wait. You are not...
7: Yes. I am Laszlo Heltakolovich.
6: You were the great Haltakalovich? No, not it. But what happened?
7: Drink, women, gambling, Monte Carlo, the swap machines.
5: <laughs> well,
7: here I am, a member of the Dregs.
5: Was
6: there a, a girl?
7: I'd rather not speak of her. It wasn't meant to be.
6: She she hurt you.
7: It wasn't her fault. She was royalty. I have pheasant blood. <laughs> yes, her old man made her marry a major Roger.
5: <laughs>
7: well, that's life, but you got to be a full officer.
5: Well, well,
8: amigos, Hasta Miranda. <clears throat> she is I, Yeah. Uh, oh, hello, Yeah. Ah, oh, Fandango, she's you, huh? Come kiss me.
5: No.
8: Juan what's the matter, huh? Here I am, a great fisherman In this bag on my shoulders I have a 200-pounder mackerel A 50-pounder tuna 60 flounders Why, you know, want to kiss me?
6: I don't know There's something about you
5: <laughs>
8: Sacramento! you turning me down A man who catches catch a 400 fish That's a hole of a catch
5: <laughs>
7: Vandango, uh, Why don't you marry Pierre here?
6: I hate him.
7: Azusa,
8: you love fingers, huh? I kill him.
6: Look out, fingers. He's got
8: a gun. Semper Fidelis.
5: <laughs> I, guy,
8: if she can't have she, nobody else should have him. Stand back.
5: <laughs> Miss me.
8: <laughs> but I don't mind. That's philosophy. But this time, this time I get you...
7: He got me. Well, Fandango, I
5: guess...
3: I guess this is curtains for fingers. Uh, what goes on here? Who are you? I am the prefix of police.
5: <laughs>
3: I hide a shot here. Fingers, who shot you? I ain't talking. Well, I'll find out who shot you. Let me think, Jimmy. Hey, you. You with that smoking gun in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> What are you trying to do? Start a fire? Well, <laughs> oh, I'm going out to check up. I'll be back.
5: <laughs> say, uh, say,
3: fingers.
8: What? Sorry, I have to kill you. You know, no hard
7: feelings, Pierre. It's just the brakes. you get got to be a philosopher.
6: Wait, fingers. Before you go, there's something I've got to tell you. What? I am her daughter.
7: You? Poitas, daughter?
6: <laughs> you
7: the daughter of the woman I love?
6: Yes. My real name is Mercedes de Monticello Schmollhausen. <laughs>
7: oh, this is too much. Wait, just a second. Leave me look at your arm. Here. He good cat. De Monticello Schmohausen vaccination. <laughs> So you are Bertha's daughter.
6: Yes.
7: Hmm. The daughter of Bertha de Monticello Schmulhausen meets and loves the great concerto Roslau helter in Mexico just as he is dying.
6: Yes. What a
7: small world. Well, heavens to Betsy, I guess you've got to be a full officer. Oh <laughs> <Well>, Eddie... <clears throat>
8: How'd the crowd like it? I don't know. They all went over to Grogan's. <laughs> Grogan's, huh? <clears throat> What's doing over at Grogan's?
7: Oh, they got a crummy burlesque show there, John, with a lot of naked dames.
8: Oh, I'll see you later. Now, oh, wait a minute. A guy like John Garfield can't in a place like that. I guess you're right. Um, Eddie, uh, run over to Grogan's and reserve a table for Pierre the Fisherman. <laughs>
3: for this evening. But let's meet here again at the same time next week. And if you have
8: a half hour next Friday now, evening... Just a s-
7: second, Mr. Roy. I think i better call Duffy and confess to him that this repertory company of mine was a flop. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Duffy. Put Duffy on the phone. You what? You went over to Grogan's. Oh,
5: that Duffy! <laughs>
8: This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.
1: Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me next week for more favorites from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.